0: Welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello, and Forest. Howdy. Seth, no, no, no! <laughs> don't give me the quiet. Um, also, Seth, don't don't peek me. I need you to be normal, Seth. Um,
1: oh, how's I it you going? N- you guys? would know when I when I peeked. Yeah, yeah, we knew immediately.
0: We knew I could feel it in my soul. The cockles of my heart.
2: They um, soared. They peaked. Like the With cockles that.
1: of your heart? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: um, you know, are those like so... growths?
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: They're peaks.
0: We're just, we're kind of delirious. And it's all because of Kim Jong-un and the fact that the quote threw me off today. i <laughs> We use, it's fun. We use a thing to line our audio up. And the quote was so bizarre from Kim Jong Un and extremely you know, wise. No, it was not. <laughs> um, so, let's talk about video games. Um, I'm going to put timestamps in the episode below so that you know when we're talking about Age of Calamity because we're going to talk about spoilers. Uh, for and That's the game all we're today. talking
1: about. No, no, no. I'm going to immediately spoil things.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, for Age of Calamity, yes. All we're talking about is spoilers. Um, but it will also be the last portion of our what games we talked about so don't worry we're going to talk about other games first um and then are we
1: yeah yeah because i haven't played anything else
0: (laughs) well you see i played (laughs) oh i know you haven't played anything else we'll get to that later um i played about 10 hours of immortals phoenix rising and it also took 10 hours for me to get that name right because I kept calling it Gods and Monsters when I was talking to people Um, but man this game is really fun Uh, but also I want to note that it is extremely just for it is for people that maybe want a more casual Breath of the Wild uh, because none of your weapons break and there's no like You're climbing a mountain, and then it starts raining, and then you slide off the mountain, or you get struck by lightning. There's, it's, although it's, it's such a good game, Um, but it is Breath of the Wild kind of light. It's, it's not as aggressive um, as Breath of the Wild. It's
2: casual Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Compared to competitive Breath of the Wild. Right, exactly.
0: So... It's so far it's very fun the the playfulness between Zeus and Prometheus is interesting uh, sometimes it really lands and sometimes it really misses um, it's it's 50 50 but some of the 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 other writing is good with like Hermes um, and those are the main characters I've met so far um, the, some of the voice acting isn't fantastic but the gameplay is there, and it's very good. I'm really enjoying the the fact that um, so it does a spin on the Assassin's Creed um, climb big things and look around <laughs> formula. In that, when you climb a big thing, you kind of go into this, and this is normal for like Ubisoft games. You go into a vision mode. Uh, But you have to highlight around the map, and then you choose to uh, mark where things are. So, like, your controller will vibrate, and it'll ask you, do you want to mark this? And you say yes. And then it'll tell you, oh, it's a chest, or, oh, it's a puzzle, or, oh, it's this. So you can choose to have 8 million icons on your map, or you can be like, I'm only going to look at this area today, so I'll paint this area out and clear it out, and then go from there. So... It lets you um, decide if you're going to overwhelm yourself with icons or just paint out certain areas of the map and, uh, you know, kind of. Really focus yourself. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, it's nice. Um, Although I have decided I'm just going to mark everything (laughs) and like do it like kind of left to right. My brain is just wiping this map clean. Um, The puzzles aren't super hard or anything but they're fun enough and the enemies are interesting enough to fight like you know you got gorgons and stuff because it's all greek mythology um but it's it's an interesting game i i am not far enough in it to where i feel like i could recommend it to anyone but i am i'll tell you that i'm enjoying it more than my initial time with assassin's creed valhalla purely because um this game has i was trying to describe it to seth this weekend um valhalla a lot of the stuff looks the same because it's brown and dark and you know dingy and medieval europe type stuff viking age and so it's like everything kind of looks the same and it's the same shade and everything and this game it's so pretty and fun to look around and explore because the whole map is just different colors and there's all kinds of stuff happening and there's a giant harp in the distance and why is, or a liar, there's like a giant liar in the distance. It's like, why is there a liar? And then you find the little puzzles to figure out why and there's all kinds of neat little nooks and crannies to explore that Valhalla has on some level, um, but it's not as vibrant or fun to explore it as it is in this. Um, and. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm really liking it. Um, the dodging. The combat's pretty fun. It's a little loose but it's fun. And. Um, I haven't gotten any of the cool powers yet. But I did. Seth. Uh, something happened in the game. That you will love. This happens early enough. So it's not really a spoiler. Um, but early on in the game you get the you see some uh, a bird get struck by lightning in the distance and you see it fall and uh your your companion hermes who runs into you sometimes is like hey we should probably go check that out and so i went and it's a phoenix and you did it rise uh, indeed it does rise and then it also follows you around so you have a bird friend oh nice and also, what's really cute, and I lost my mind when it happened, is that the bird friend, when you're flying through the map, will just zoom in and start flying around with you. Oh, kiss figures. That's it's good. great. Yeah, mm. there's like, there's we're, we're l- big,
1: big fans of, of bird companions <laughs> here on this podcast. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm also a big fan so when you kill an enemy like one of the last enemies in an encounter if they're higher than like a normal grunt their body just yeets itself off the map and it's hilarious and that's just the way like it shoots it I swear intentionally sounds, yes that's okay. that's it's part of the design of the game to let you know that the encounters over and so it is so amusing to watch the watch those this, this character you're fighting you hit the last blow and instead of just disappearing or making a Exploding sad noise they just something. shoot off into the distance
2: does it do a little like twinkle like ding no like no, team no. rocket style no 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 that'd ah. be great
0: but there's a trail so you can like follow the trail a nice. little bit um it's that's <laughs> it's so funny and weird um but there's a lot of character to this game and it's the animations it's not the best looking game um but man, you can tell that um, there was some fun and some passion in this that I would say maybe isn't in some other Ubisoft games. I would say most other Ubisoft uh, games. But yeah, it's it's a it's a good little time. Uh, it is, I did see it drop down to forty dollars today, and I bought this like a week and a half ago. So that's a typical Ubisoft th- deal. Um, but I'm okay with spending money on it because it was it's great. Um, i don't regret that at all so it's it's a good game i'm gonna report back more on it uh, because i can't put it down it's actually (laughs) uh we'll talk about during the age of calamity part but i had to like power through age of calamity the last two days Mm -hmm. because i ended up playing that all weekend um so uh forest you also played another ubisoft game
2: yes i beat watchdogs legion um i i like this game i'm very i'm very glad i only spent 30 dollars on it though uh it feels it's not it's not a great game okay i'll start with that um it's not great it's good it's fine it's very middle of the road um there's a lot of cool things i like about it but the my biggest problem with it though is the mission structure is just so repetitive. Every mission is basically just go into a restricted area, um download or hack something, get out. And that's I'm going to say 95% of the game in or at least 95% of the missions and it like it really wears down on you and I didn't feel like the missions really did anything cool with themselves um, until like the final chapters of each uh, like faction storyline that I was going through. Um, So there's like five uh, faction storylines and like all of them are in service of trying to find out like, who caused the inciting incident at the beginning of the game which was just a huge bombing terrorist attack that screwed up London and basically allowed a militaristic police force to move in and overstep human rights boundaries you know
0: <laughs> as police forces do
2: yes um in this the game actually ends up tackling like things that i wasn't expecting um like it it goes into like transhumanism in which is like really big in like cyberpunk and like sci-fi stuff of like like going beyond the human body and like trying to like immortalize ourselves in some way um in this case it was uh this one inventor um was basically trying to digitize brains and she was just like a total scumbag about it. Um, on who she tested it on, which were like unwilling servants, like her dying mother. Um, so you like sneak into her house and stuff, and basically kill the remains of her mother. Like it, like it's just it's it, it's kind of dark. Yes, this game has like really dark things out of nowhere that I felt was more interesting than like the regular main story. Mm. <laughs> yes. Like that and that's when I was the most engaged with like the characters and everything. But the problem is like as a player, your character has no personal agency or attachment to anything um that's going on in the story really because like you the whole point of the whole like One of the huge marketing things in the game is that you can recruit and play as basically anyone, which is true. Uh, Any person you pass by on the street, you can recruit them some way or another for the most part, as long as they don't hate uh, your faction called DedSec, if you haven't played a Watch Dogs game before. Um, And it's just (laughs) there's like there's little bits of charm in the player characters but not enough to actually keep you invested in like who you choose to play as the the only character that I liked was this I think he was like some Polish dude who was like a spy like a secret spy he had the Aston Martin car and everything and it shot rockets and he has a silenced pistol and I'm like all right silenced pistol I can go with this his name was Fred and then I can't pronounce his last Claus. name. Fred Claus yeah <laughs> will we'll sure. call it Fred, Fred Claus. Claus yes and he like he was just like a like a really like happy-go-lucky kind of dude like very nonchalant um, go with the flow kind of guy but like he's this Polish dude who doesn't uh, speak English entirely well like his sentence structure is off um, and he's very brash about things and straightforward because he doesn't like have the nuance of like being born and raised English speaking, but that's the only player character that I actually like enjoyed playing as. So, so
0: this is something that I've been curious about with this game. Um, and, um, I think we're far enough from the game coming out. Um, (laughs) So the the conceit of the game and like the, the big draws that you can play as anyone, and I understand that and I respect it. Uh, the problem is, how does the story work when you are detailing to me that you are even having trouble connecting to some of these people? Um, like how are you ingesting the story? Is it through, is there someone else that's a main character that you're kind of like watching is it just a little ai like what is how is the story like getting at you yeah and how do they explain that you are playing as all of these people
2: uh so which
0: may be too big of a like that that maybe they don't get into that um but like i'm just curious yeah
2: so y- each character that, like, you choose to play as, like, they are the ones who appear in cutscenes and, like, they have spoken lines, um, but, like, something I noticed between switching all of them is that, like, it really doesn't matter who you play as. They're pr- they're pretty much going to say the same lines, and in some cases, like, it's literally the same voice. Like, I'll ha- I have, like, five different, uh, like, female operatives that sound exactly the same. And I have, like, ten different male operatives that do, except for Fred. <laughs> Fred Claus. Um gotcha. And they all don't really have different personalities, with the exception of the one, you know? Like, all the guys kind of talk the same. Like, every character is written almost exactly the same when, like, when they speak. Um, but there are, like, individual, like, non-player characters that are also there through this ride with you. They don't like appear physically in a lot of cutscenes though. And that's something I kind of want to get into is that I feel this game even with the delay and everything, it still feels like it is heavily on a low budget. they're like cutscenes are few and far between. They aren't well animated. Um like I imagine the- that's got to be
0: because of having to accommodate to all of the different people though. Like having to accommodate the story to being able to be anyone. I could.
2: I would assume. I could be wrong. I could maybe give that, except for like. There are cutscenes that your character isn't in at all. Like you're, you're like spying on like a group of people. And so it's just focusing on that group that you're spying on. So there's no. There's no like variation in like who the player is that is affecting this cutscene and it's just like the like the state like the scene staging isn't great. There are times where audio just had cut out uh, for me twice and then just where you'd think a sound effect would play or that there would be like noise in the background because you know someone's getting like cleaved to death by her human trafficking slaves. But no, no sound at all. All It's really weird. So it's Um, just, it's really buggy. uh, Sure, but it, but that would imply that like, uh, there's another state for it to exist in, in a non-bugged state. I think this is legitimately just how the game is in some cases because of what I feel is a very low budget. I think, I think part of your problem might also be
0: and I I don't know. I haven't seen it running. You said you're running this on a
2: original Xbox yeah. One. Um it runs fine the I I actually didn't run into any like frame rate chugs or anything. It only hard crashed on me once. Um right as I was literally half a second away from completing a mission that I was having troubles with. Um but that's how it be. Um but yeah, it only hard crashed once. Technically like the game runs fine. It's not amazing. It doesn't look great. There are some textures, especially, like, on crashed vehicles and stuff that look like they're straight out of a PS1 game. Like, that's how heavily pixelated some of this stuff is and undetailed. But, like... And there's nothing about it that makes it feel like this is a potentially, like, next-gen or, like, cross-generation game. Like, there's not a lot going on, like... In the streets or in that's, missions or anything,
0: I think I think that's because you're playing on an original
2: Xbox because uh,
0: that's that all takes processing power and fair.
2: If like, I get a Series X sometime soon, I I will definitely like do a quick look and like comparison yeah. and whatever. But I I don't know because I
0: know I I I would bet I'd be curious. Yeah, bring it over. We'll we'll pop it in and give it a go give it a go because i
1: i would think that you still run into the same issues
0: yeah no i think i think he's run into the same performance issues on some level but i i think the world would be more populated and stuff like that because the games turn that stuff down when there's you can't handle
2: like the processor can't handle it and stuff like that yeah um i see I would normally think that but just like the overall quality of what I've experienced with this game though it feels like I just don't think that that work was put in but like again I haven't had that that experience on the next gen console so I would I would love to be proven wrong yeah. on this.
0: And I, like I said I haven't watched any um, I would actually uh, be curious to watch like Digital Foundry or something. Yeah. Because um, there's a couple of games coming out and games that are out that uh, it'd be interesting to see um, what performance and the game looks like for original Xbox and, yeah. you
2: know, new running stuff. on the new stuff. Yeah. So um, One one last thing I want to talk about, just like something that feels almost like a, a gameplay disconnect. Um, there are some missions that feel like a major spike in difficulty, but also they're like huge... Okay, maybe not huge, but, like, they're big arena spaces, basically, and you're just being swarmed by enemies, but you don't have cover. And enemies are, like, pretty aggressive, and, like, there are drones and stuff that they're sending out, too. Um, This, a lot of, especially later missions, and missions at the end of each uh, faction chapter, really feel like they could have benefited from either a co-op experience or... Just having your other members of DeadSec, even if they were computer-controlled, join in for fights, but it's almost entire. It is practically entirely a solo player adventure, and I think the game suffers for it in a few cases, especially towards the end of the like the game. There are like there are events that go on that affect the entirety of DeadSec, but you only see like just your your player perspective you know but like i think this the experience of the game would be and the concept of having so many just separate and diverse members of your group be filled out by like actual players i think would have been a really cool way to implement some stuff like how in destiny like you can be on a mission sometimes and just like other players will come in because they're on the same mission uh dmc5 does the same thing sometimes like i think watchdogs legion could have heavily benefited from using that idea and i think that would have made some for some really cool moments that like feel like they're set up there but then just don't happen because you're the only one there you know yeah.
1: well you know that st- stuff like that was in the first two games I was about to
0: say, is that indicative, like, is that a watchdog's trope that is is established? Yeah, I, I was mean, about they, to ask you that.
1: they, like, talked about how they weren't including any multiplayer stuff with the launch game.
2: Yeah, uh, so that's going to be coming out. It, I know it got delayed. Um, yeah, it's next year. Next year. Sometime next year. Yeah, hopefully early, because I don't know how long this game could stand on its own without it. Um, like, heck, I beat it in a week, and, like, I, I ignored, like, a bunch of side quests and stuff, which there seemed to be a lot of, Um, but this game isn't long of an experience. I think having multiplayer or co-op or s- of some sort thrown in would definitely, in, like, increase the playtime and th- the value of it, you know? Like, if I could play this game with even just one friend, I think I would have enjoyed a really big chunk of this game a lot more the far cry five effect (laughs) yes um seth you sound like you're peaking you're you're
0: very aggressive about the far cry five effect he
2: don't you know he (laughs) loves far cry five
0: so do you Uh, i have feelings yeah um Um, so was that was that your 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 watchdog's legion
2: my Review. thoughts on it. Yeah. yeah. Like overall, it's a fine game. Don't buy it full price. Wait for a sale. It ha- it has some really cool ideas in its story, especially like all the other faction stories aside from like the final main one um, that like explores some pretty neat and kind of like screwed up things that were really interesting to see in like there are bits of the world that like pop and look really cool sometimes, but overall the game I feel just lacks like in budget in that makes the quality of it suffer a little bit. But yeah, wait for it to go on sale if you're interested in it. Maybe wait for the multiplayer patch to, to drop, you know, yeah. see if that changes up anything. Yeah. Yeah interesting
0: i'm interested to see what it looks like on the newer stuff
2: um probably not much
0: better <laughs> so seth now now is the point where we're going to talk about age of calamity spoilers uh before we go to the break so there will be a timestamp in the description um letting you know when to you know to skip ahead
1: and fact, where to skip ahead to In fact, David will tell you where to skip ahead right now.
0: Thanks, Seth. And like he said, go ahead and skip to about an hour and 18 minutes into the show, and we'll be done talking spoilers. Um, And the next thing you're going to hear is him telling me to add it in post. So, see ya!
1: Just add that in post. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, And leave the part where I said add that in post.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Seth, let's, (laughs) let's talk about this dang game. Um,
1: yeah. So did did you beat it?
0: Yeah, I beat it. Um, (laughs) let me tell you that I, um, I texted you a little bit about it last night. Um, I didn't want to give away too much, but I really, I mean, I think that game really tried to make me not like it by the end of it. Really? Uh, Yeah. I, I think that those, I think the last two chapters are bad. Like, Hmm. um, maybe, so hold on. We talked up until chapter four. When do the other characters come in? Is that chapter five?
1: Uh, something like that. Okay. So Um, sort of the, the big twist of this game is that. Yeah. Let's go through um, the twist.
0: We'll, we'll chapter five. Um, go ahead, Seth.
1: Yeah. So the big twist of this game Hold on, I'm actually pulling up the chapter list. Um, is that you're all, all the characters are trying to make preparations to get ready to fight and and defeat Calamity again, and all of a sudden it comes back to life like a lot quicker than everyone was expecting, um, and of course it uh, takes control. It's, it sends those monsters to the different divine beasts where the champions are, and as we know uh, from Breath of the Wild they all die except uh, before the final blow is struck in each of them um, uh, a portal opens up and from the future come the four uh, I guess you could call them the champions from the future from Breath of the Wild so we got uh, Sidon of course we have Riju um, we got Teba and you got Yonobo. um so the, the the Zora and the Gerudo and the Rito and Goron people that you encounter in Breath of the Wild and who help you uh, get into the Divine Beasts—they show back up and you and and fight alongside to prevent the deaths of the four champions, and then all together, um, the eight of them, along with you and Zelda and Impa and the other characters you meet along the way. Uh, Prepare to take the fight to Calamity Ganon and, and defeat him once and for all. It's a. This is. This has been a, a very. It, it is very controversial among some people, this thing that happened. Um, because. A lot of people were going into this expecting to get to these moments and have these characters die and then. Um move see see what happened after that. And so I can understand why if that's what you think was going to happen and you get to this and you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Um it would be kind of weird and frustrating. Um f- this for me though was a freaking incredible moment. Um you you actually are given a choice of in when this chapter that this happens in, you're given a choice of two missions. One is called like Fire and Ice and the other is like wind and thunder or something like that. Um one of them has Sidon and uh who's the other one? Yenobo and the other one has the other two. I picked the one uh with unknowingly um, I picked the one... I picked Fire and Water. And the first reveal in that one is Sidon, of course. And anyone who pl- who has played Breath of the Wild loves Sidon, because he's fantastic. Um, and... When he came out of... The, flying out of this portal, like, I lost my mind. And uh, I was... N- completely not expecting this. And... Um I freaked out and like I yelled and and my roommates were concerned that something was happening to me. Um it was great and this I haven't had like a moment like that in video games in like uh in quite a while that I was just like vocally I couldn't contain myself at, at the the kind of joy and excitement that I was feeling. It was so great. Um and to top it off Sidon is like maybe one of the my he's like top 3 fun characters for me to play as in the game. Yeah.
0: Um I did not pick the right one. Uh I picked the other one and it was not as exciting. No, it's not. <laughs> um it was not as well done. The team knew I think the team really knew that that other one was the uh, was the one that people were going to be more excited about. Um, I honestly, it has been so long since I played Breath of the Wild. I have to be completely honest with you, Seth. Um, I had forgotten all of the other champions except for the inexperienced Goron Kid and Sidon. Really? Uh, well, there's yeah.
1: only two other ones. So Right, I, I forgot, forgot the other two.
0: I forgot the Birdman, Teba, yeah. and Rihu.
1: Yeah, um, I couldn't I couldn't have uh told you any of them's names except for Sidon. But yeah. I did I did really like Taba in Breath of the Wild. So I like I had a, a recollection of them. Um but yeah, Sidon certainly he's the I think most people tend to also like Riju the most cuz she's the the young uh Gerudo chieftain. Um she was, oh yeah, she she was very, I remember her being likable in the game, but yeah, it's, these characters weren't outside of Sidon. They weren't so much characters in, in Breath of the Wild, like they right. were, and you could tell, like, they had an importance, and maybe, like, moving forward, they would become more important, um, but once their role had been played, they kind of stepped away from the story.
0: They were more important in this game than they were in Breath of the
1: Wild. Oh yeah, um, they're they're like they're they're the pivotal pieces, and they also get like y- you get to know them as characters. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so picking the wrong one, uh, kind of. I didn't get as much of that experience from. I texted you immediately, knowing I picked the wrong one. Um, <laughs> yeah, was, tex- that was
1: sad. I tried. S- I tried to. I know Give you I you a veiled hint of which one to choose. But, you just uh, told
0: me to pick the right one. And I was like, man, like I was waiting for like there to be a story decision in the campaign. Um, instead of just multiple missions pop up. And yeah. so it just, and it's fine. Cause I got really like at that point I knew it was coming, but I, you know, it still was really exciting. It was a great moment. Um, but this is the high point of the game for me. Um, you know, the, the, the old champions come back. The, you know, you get to see them interact. They kind of stave off the attack from Calamity Ganon. Um, you think that King Rome dies, which is wild. Uh, you, get, you watch that. That's emotional.
1: Yeah. Well, see that that was one that this was another um thing that I thought when as I was playing, I kept like you know that the king dies, he's like the first character you meet in Breath of the Wild and he's a ghost. Um and I thought for sure you, like he like after he died um I was like, "Oh man. We're going to we're going to get to play as Ghost King." Um but Given that this game is Breath of the Wild, but if it was a happy ending, no one is dead. And the king eventually, it turns out that, oh yeah, he was alive. He was saved by um, this artifact that he took from Zelda while he was chastising her about not doing her job.
0: It was a jackal shield. I mean, I <laughs> I like the, the shields from Halo. Um, it was one of the ancient, like, you know, the, the blue shields. It like deflected the guardian or whatever those things are called, um, the blast back at it, um, and it was it was a cool moment once that was revealed, but it was like, yep. um, but you do kind of get to play as the ghost king though, Sith.
1: Yeah, I mean, King Rome is after after he comes back, he's a playable character, and he is a whole lot of fun to play. He is. Um, yeah, he's got. He's got like, it's the same basic moves, but the combo finishes are different. Um, he can switch between his kingly guys and the guys of the the old man in the woods that you meet at the beginning of Breath of Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he he's a lot of fun to play as. Um, he quickly... I don't know if that
0: like canonically makes sense with the timeline, but I, I'll take so
1: it. So I guess there is an in. I think it it's. As in in the loading screen, I think, or it might be in, it's it's somewhere in the game. There's like a a line about how he puts on this uh, woodsman disguise and goes to the great Pla to the, his cabin on the great plateau when he wants to get away from his uh, kingly okay. duties. Okay, they explained it away. Sure,
0: um, I didn't see that, but
1: yeah, I mean, and hey, you know, kings gotta king, kings are people too. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, sort of, so um, let's see. that puts us this is where I think the game started to become a slog. Um, chapter five was good and where you see all of the people come together. And chapter six is the the great plateau, correct?
1: So uh, you have the it's... chapter list in front of you yeah um, chapter 5 is when you get there are 7 chapters they have multiple um, missions in them chapter 5 is when you um, get the the champions from the future um, chapter 6 is when you kind of take back these spots that Calamity Ganon has, has like these important positions that Calamity Ganon has overtaken uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. importantly, Zelda is. A, and at the end of chapter six, Zelda's able to um, unlock her her powers that she's been stressing about the whole game. Which um,
0: <laughs> amazing she she becomes hyper useful and really good. Yeah, and it, she,
1: that's that's an, that's another really cool moment. Um, because like Zelda, the way she you have her at the beginning. She's an interesting character um with some definite flaws and probably one of the that like the least useful characters in the, on the roster um but at the end of chapter 6 she awakens this power and then has this whole new moveset set to use and they give her, her this great setup to where she gets to lay waste to the the different ganon blights and all the guardians on this this map that is um, it's one of the the more stressful maps in the game because um a a common thing in other dynasty warriors games one that is not really present in this one um and apparently it's something that s- some people have had some gripes about because it it takes away some of the strategic depth that other that maybe other dynasty warriors type games have but there are these on the maps there are these different outposts that you have to that you have to capture by defeating enemies in them, um, and in other games, enemies can go back into those and take them away from you. Um, and it was like this in there were many missions in the original Hyrule Warriors where, um, like, if you lost those outposts, then you would um, then you would lose, like, you, you would fail the mission. You have to start over. Um there are some in this game that have that kind of defeat condition but it's never really all that big of a deal because the the enemies don't like they don't work through the kind of health gauge of the outpost fast enough for you to have to worry about it before you can finish the the f- complete the mission. Um this one however like a ton of enemies show up at very near the end of the map and all head for this main base that you cannot have fall or you lose the mission. And it's it's probably one of the more stressful moments in the entire campaign. Um, And it's really cool that they then give you this character whose toolkit is strong against these types of enemies. Um, And allows you to just kind of lay waste to them right it's 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 in my opinion one of the better like structured missions in the game yeah
0: it's it was really fun and it was a really cool moment um but then so that was the end of chapter six right
1: Yeah, uh, and then Chapter 7 is the battle on the Great Plateau, and then the big Hyrule Field battle, and then the final battle in the castle.
0: So these three missions felt like they were all an hour and a half each. Um, (laughs) And I feel like this game had really cool story beats all the way up until this set of three missions where it just felt like, um, let's put these enemies in front of you that you've been fighting the whole game, and then give them an insurmountable amount of health. Oh and yeah, and then, and then you just you can't stagger them or anything. It's just making the battle longer for no reason.
1: Yeah, and it's just one like. I... I share your frustration. So, like in Breath of the Wild, there was like a sort of leveling system of the enemies, like that they had different colors, Um, and so like basic enemies were red, and the highest tier enemies were like silver, Uh, and you could always tell just based on colors. Um, This one also has it, like so as you go in, there are you'll you'll encounter stronger version of the enemies, um, and they like they will have more health. In this final section of missions, all the enemies are like silver level and they, and even like the mobs have, they take so many hits to get rid of. It's. And
0: they're not even silver, by the way, because the silver enemies I was able to kill once I staggered and did the the main hit to them. It's the malice ones that seem to have like triple the health of the silver. Oh yeah. Yeah. And.
1: the, 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 they are regular, the, the regular kind of boss enemies, but corrupted by Ganon's malice. And yeah, they have like, I think it's triple is probably a correct amount of, of health as normal. So they are, and, and they are much harder to stagger to get like their weak point, uh, gauge to show up. They are. Yeah. They're incredibly, um, frustrating to fight against.
0: So I think the first, the first mission on the great plateau was the best one of the 3 and it was super cool because um if you've played Breath of the Wild regardless of how much you've forgotten some of the characters you know what the great plateau looks like yeah and that was really cool to run around in this sort of experience
1: yeah i agree this was like this was a very cool moment for me um because i think i think a lot of the, the stages are very good recreations, very accurate recreations of of these areas in in the original game. But it's kind of like, and the, they're even modified because they're a hundred years in the past and prior to right. all this destruction happening. So there is like new stuff for you to experience in these world in this world that you've you've seen before. But the thing is, like you are moving through it so quickly that the, the places kind of lose their character a bit. Um, yeah. And, and it's sort of hard to, and, and some of like the lighting and, in, in which the stuff takes place in, in some of these levels, it's sort of hard to pick out exactly what it is you're looking at and like, try to locate yourself within the context of the world. Um, when, Like, playing through Breath of the Wild, different locations, it was very easy to, like, be in a location and know where it was in, in, like, relationship... Like, in relation to the map and to where other places were, um, once you had played it long enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, it has been a while since I played it. So, but, but it's just kind of, you get... You kind of lose the personality of some of these spaces just based on how quickly you're moving from place to place. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the, in the, the mission in the great plateau, however, it's, it's like, it's gotta be like one to one, a copy of, of the version from breath of the wild because, and okay, but I mean, you can't go in the water or anything, so you can't fully explore uh, everything that there is to see. But, any anything, anything that you remember like you can look and go to that place and be like oh yeah i remember doing this here and it was it was sort of an experience that i didn't really have in any of the other stages like vividly remembering experiences from Breath of the Wild in yeah. this in the same space yeah it's it was very cool um, this
0: is what i had kind of been chasing throughout this game and i think yeah. why i latched so hard onto immortals uh because i was looking for sort of that vibe of um just uh, exploration and so clearly knowing where i'm at and um so like immortals kind of gave me that taste and then playing the the great plateau level was nice um it it gave me the kick that i had kind of like it was kind of like that dumb moment in uh <laughs> it's so stupid the moment in hook um where the kid is like pushing back the face, and he's like, "Oh, it is you, Peter!" Like it's like <laughs> I was trying to do that to this game, you, and you
1: were trying to find Breath of the Wild in in this game, and, and right. this is the moment that you actually found it. Yeah, six, yeah, it's it's six. It's, six it's chapters very seven. cool, um, and especially, uh, it, it's also cool because you enter the space from like a different point of view, um. So like in Breath of the Wild, everything and that you do on the Great Plateau is kind of um, centered from exiting the the shrine of resurrection, looking off looking off the cliff, and then you get your bearings based on that um and so you start at a completely different place, like a different area uh and so everything is also a little sort of off um and so it does kind of have that okay what what exactly am I dealing with here and then as you move through, you start to you're able to reorient that picture in your mind to figure out where stuff is yeah and also it's very cool like there is a moment that you teleport into the shrine of resurrection and you walk out and there again is that is that cliff um, overlooking all of Hyrule and and you can still see everything and it's, it's it's really cool I understand why they why they kept this for a climactic point in the story um but it is too bad that you don't get to experience this earlier in the game.
0: I kind of wish, so this is, I kind of wish the final battle had been held here. Um, because this is the area where I felt the most familiarity and like this was a high point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I remember by the end of it thinking, like, man, I wish this ended two missions ago. Not necessarily, um, content wise but like the the like full circle of okay, this is the breath of the wild I remember this is a good spot to lead into you know what I mean yeah, um, and I think what I know
1: I think they could have made it work there honestly um I do too because that's that's the mission where the king reveals like you reveal it re, it's revealed that the king is still alive mm-hmm. and there is there is a lot of this kind of momentum. That going into that mission, like there's a, there's like a sense of urgency, um, that is a little bit lost because like you complete this mission and then of course you see cutscenes of Zelda rallying the troops, like all right we're g- we're gonna take the fight to Calamity Ganon, um, and I think it's it's also the last two missions kind of lose a little bit because they are the same maps that you've done earlier in the game, mm-hmm. um, just. Oh, with yes. you know different different enemies and mm-hmm. um a different coat of paint uh and so yeah like there is there th- there is this kind of climactic feel to this mission on the gray plateau and i think it would have been maybe not simple but you could have easily fit in the final battle um, I you may may not have had the space for it, um, but yeah, I think I think you could have worked that mission into the end of the game. Um, although I will say that, uh, disregarding the the next level, which is a, a battle in Hyrule Field, which is just it's very, I will agree, it's it's kind of tedious. Yeah. So um, we're.
0: I don't think we should disregard it. We need to touch on the fact that this level, mostly pointless storyline wise, um, has no story progression besides the fact that it's outside the castle. Um, And then they, so you have to protect Zelda, who's in the middle of the map. And then you are fighting these three areas of bosses and they respawn bosses three times. And they all are the malice ones. So they all have this insurmountable amount of health. And and they yeah. don't let you bring in enough characters, so it's only one hero at each spot fighting. So it just it took like an hour. That's horrible. It was bad. And I'm just like, how did this get past?
1: Yeah, it it testers? took me it took me forty minutes to do that stage. Um and also you don't have to protect Zelda if you are using her as one of your characters. Well no, um,
0: she was one of my characters and she just stayed in the middle of the map. I I couldn't every time I moved her to one of the spots, she would run away back to the center. <laughs> and I'm like, What the heck are you doing?
1: <laughs> I mean you can really troll her though. Spot. You can physically move her and go do stuff with her.
0: Right. And then when I would deselect to someone else, she would just run back to the
1: center. Well, what do you need to? I mean, I get I get your point. It's it's sort of the the mechanics don't really work if you have Zelda as one of your party members. Um, like it 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 does sort of remove a character from your from your deck. Uh, an AI character, anyway. Um, yeah this this is the the stage they finally get. They finally decide to bring back the Blood Moon mechanic from breath of the wild which happened every, okay so yeah there's like every like storyline two, two weeks or something um a blood moon would come and it would respawn all of the monsters in like in hyrule um and so this shows up in in the middle of this mission after you've like wiped out all the enemies and then it respawns and it's it's kind of funny um and then it just becomes annoying um yeah, this is kind of a mess of a level. The only reason I said to kind of dis- disregarding this one because I just wanted I wanted to make the point that like the the climactic moment that feels like it could be there on the Great Plateau level. I think um, when you get to the final stage, cl- battling through Hyrule Castle, I think it is it's very cool that you get to you you end up fighting Calamity Ganon in the exact same space that you fought him that you fought the whatever his form was in the castle right. in the original mm-hmm. one. and then you you again break through the floor and fight him again in in that that final chamber. Yeah. Um so that was that was neat. That was a, a neat moment um and one that that's probably why they wanted to have the ending there. So, and and I guess it just sort of makes sense for the the final fight to be in the castle where the monster is rather than him coming to you um but yeah there was that that cool moment that i thought was was worth it
0: yeah um so the yeah the the final map uh it it wasn't bad uh i did have to google what calamity ganon looked like in the original breath of the wild because i did not remember him looking like goku um
1: no he looks completely different yeah he looks one, completely he's, different because he's just Breath kind of out. a he's, he's kind of a blobby guardian monster uh yeah. in the original one um yeah it's it's weird i, I don't and <laughs> the, the the form that you find in this one is kind of uh goku like <laughs> i mean he looks a lot like goku he's 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 pretty beefy and he he's, beefy, kind of that, he's got the spiky hair, hair and he's glowing it, that's, that's a connection I did not make um, and it's kind of funny <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry I just I remember I was fighting him at one point and I'm just like this is Goku I'm like I was so mad I'm just like this
1: is yeah." so that, that final stage has one of maybe the most heartbreaking moment in the whole game where you have to fight and destroy the little robot friend. Yeah. That was, that was, it does not give you a chance to save him in any way. Oh, it's terrible.
0: Yeah, that was rough. I did not like it. Um, I mean, I understand where it went storyline wise, because then it led to Zelda using, um, it led to Zelda using the, full version of her powers um and that was a neat moment but and it leads to some post game stuff that i probably won't do i i don't i mean i'll probably go back to that game but the last chapter really killed me um so um but you you have done a bunch of post stuff so what characters can i look forward to sith s so,
1: yeah, after you beat the after you beat the final map, a bunch of missions open up where you can go collect parts to um rebuild the the robot, the little guardian robot whose name is Terrico. Yes. Uh weirdly, yeah. they give him a name and this backstory at Which the, at they the don't very give the very final hour. It's it's they, very strange. They uh, don't give
0: Aster or his dark Terrico a name at all. It,
1: or yeah or, or an explanation of why they exist uh but, yeah but they're there certainly my my biggest gripe is with that is that we don't know who Esther is we don't know why he has a copy of this little guardian robot that has been following him around we don't know why it's allowing him to see the future uh or why he wants to, i mean presumably he wants to bring back in and just so he can have rule the world or something but like i don't know there's there's nothing um De- definitely very frustrating and then he just kind of dies uh yeah, so you unlock a bunch of missions that will allow you to rebuild Terrico. uh and then after you do it, you get this nice little cutscene of him waking up with everyone looking at him uh and then you get an, a nice little uh another credits sequence of of like a, with little illustrations of him going to all the different worlds like all the different realms and and seeing the different champions and then finally going in and, and seeing Lincoln zelda it's it's super cute nice and 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 it was worth doing worth getting through uh all those missions to rebuild him um and then you actually you get you unlock him as a playable character huh yeah he's okay. and he's he's very fun to play as he's because he's so tiny and he moves around um, so quickly, and he can shoot out lasers uh yeah it's it's it 's a lot of fun i it it was very surprising uh and he 's he 's probably one of my favorite characters in the game just because um he 's he's he 's he 's very fun to play as um we didn 't talk about the did we talk about the other secret characters like the the monk and the fairies last uh time?
0: we we talked about the monk last week and the fairies i believe yeah um the we did not talk about. I know that. Um, who else is a character? Another one oh. that
1: you unlock is Master Koga, who is also a lot of fun to play as. Um, he. Yeah, I couldn't uh, figure him out. Yeah the <laughs> the conceit behind him is that Aster, who is the main villain, like killed all of his subordinates, oh my uh, God. and so sucked
0: their souls out and used yeah. them as power. That yep, and then
1: and so Koga comes to Zelda. He's like, "Let me join you. <laughs> I want to get revenge on this guy." Um, it's really funny. Like literally, this is they resolve like every plot thread that in that was in Breath of the Wild to make this into like the happiest possible ending. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and um, the final character that you get. You basically have to do every single mission on the map. Um, is Calamity Ganon?
0: Oh, good! You get to play as Goku.
2: You do, yeah. Uh, that design he, really is so bad.
0: It's not bad. It's just Goku. I think it's mixed really with bad.
2: Uh, Akuma and like no, random. No, not Akuma. Hold that on. hair it's, is Akuma. No, it
0: is. Uh, this is pre-Akuma. <laughs> Seth, what was that weird game with? Uh, it was on the Xbox 360. Asura's Wrath or something. Oh, yeah.
2: What do you mean? This is pre-Akuma. I'm pretty sure that... Akuma's been around since like the 90s. Yeah, he was in know.
0: Street Fighter 2. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't Super know that.
2: Nintendo.
1: But, that is, but that is Asura's Wrath. I don't, I don't Wrath. care about Street Fighter. I'm not a fighting game weeb. So get Ooh, off my case. Okay, Ouch. it's part of the history of video gaming, David. Yes.
0: Well, I don't care about that.
1: That's fine. <laughs> You don't have to care about fighting games to know about like the most prominent fighting game to have ever existed.
2: I just think that design's real bad.
1: I th- it's it's weird, but it is interesting because it actually resembles Ganon, that like the Ganon that we know. Yeah. Um or uh, even Ganondorf, like they're like you can look at this and be like, "Oh yeah, it's 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 Ganondorf." Um Yeah. He he's weird. He's he's an interesting character. He's he's huge, and his attacks he has different attacks that use different parts of like the weapons of the Blight Ganons, which are, which is interesting. Uh, mm. But yeah, he's 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 kind of weird. And it's I haven't because of the characters I've been, I've been using. Like in the the final missions in the game, I've been using a lot of Link and Terrico, Uh and neither of them actually speak in a normal way. Like, Link just kind of grunts, but one of the things is, um, in the game, when you s- switch from one character to another in a map, like, the character will say that other character's name, uh, and I have yet to have Ganon in a map and switch to him, like, w- from Zelda, because I'm really curious um, what, what they actually talk about, like, how they would say that. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's interesting.
1: There are also, I don't know if you've noticed this, in the character select screen when you when you are able to select multiple characters, like if you select different pairs, they have unique dialogue that they will say. I didn't um, notice that at all. Yeah, so like if you pick Mifa and Sidon, they will have a little interaction um about how proud that like Mifa is of, of Sidon. Um there's one if you select Koga and Terako Koga will say something about how he, he's like, w- we'll do it for, for Calamity Ganon. Oh, wait a minute. um, <laughs> It's, so, I, I and I haven't, that's the other one, I haven't, like, played around to see what the kind of reactions to Ganon with those are. uh, And it's it's really good. I, I really was not expecting you to be able to play as Ganon in this game, um, because as opposed to the original Hyrule Warriors, which had, like, a dedicated bad guy campaign or a bad guy part of the campaign Um, there was not really any indication that you would ever get to play as the bad guys in this one Um, and then all of a sudden they just like here's Calamity Ganon you actually get to play as him Um, yeah so it's kind of goofy I have yet to completely 100% finish the game I want to because the reward that you get is Link's outfit from the original game, like with the scarf and everything. Oh, and so I I really want to see—I really want to see how it looks like in this art style because I think it'll look neat. Yeah, that's cool,
0: and you'll have that satisfaction going into whatever DLC will come out inevitably. Yeah,
1: Um, I'm really curious if, like, I have to think they have plans of doing stuff because they pumped out hundreds of hours worth of. DLC for the first one, and of course the first one had a different conceit to it, and it was kind of easier to just attach stuff onto it, so I think there's I There's some difficulty with how they would implement it seamlessly into the game, but there is uh, And this is the thing that I the news that I said I was going to talk about uh, last week there was a data mine of the game and there are voice clips of, like, characters... Like, as I said, characters in battle will call out the names of other characters that you are... Uh, like, like, when you're switching control over them. So there are voice clips of other characters calling for Suga... Um, who is the second in command of the Yiga. Calling for Aster, who is the, the main bad guy. And also calling for Pura and Robbie, who oh. are two... Um, other Sheikah uh, characters that you meet in the story, and who were in who were both in Breath of the Wild, but were very young and very old, respectively. Um. So that's interesting. Like, I was frankly incredibly surprised that those fir- the first two were not already characters in this game. Um. Because like it's clear that they have specific move sets that would that like they they act like the way that and when an, the AI is controlling a player character like that's how these characters act and like you can like fighting them, you could just kind of tell that they're characters so it's weird that the it's very weird to me that the two of them aren't already in the game. Um, Per and Robbie like they don't. I haven't... There are some levels where they're on the field, but they never actually attack anything. So I don't I don't anticipate them actually getting added into the game. Um, so I don't know. I don't really know what the plans are for this one. Like, I kind of... My gut feeling is that there isn't going to be any DLC. Like, maybe they add those other two uh, as post-game content. Um... But it's weird because there's also not really, like this is kind of an issue with Calamity Ganon, um, is there's not a whole lot of stuff to do once you unlock him, like to use him in. Um, Like he has this one training mission, uh, and then there are I think three or four other side missions that are unlocked after you get him, but they're all like 20 levels higher than what what his level (laughs) is when you get him. Um, it, so it's just kind of weird. Like, uh, if they, I don't know how they could just add new characters and not add new stuff to do with them. But I also don't really like the, the, the game sort of feels like a closed, like a closed story. And there's not really, it doesn't really feel like there's any way to put stuff on top of it as much as I would yeah. like them to.
0: Now, do you think that is because this, and what we'll, we can end on this, um, Do you think that this is because it's going to lead to what Breath of the Wild 2 will be, or play a part in that at all?
1: You know, that's interesting, because in this game, when the future four come, like, they they travel to the past, they are the four characters Mm -hmm. from Breath of the Wild. Exactly. Like, from... The end of Breath of the Wild. Who have already like experienced fighting Ganon with Link, um, and so at the end of this game they go back, and presumably they would have all of these memories and experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if they are to be like, there's not really any way that the original champions will be in Breath of the Wild because they're dead. Like they they existed as spirits in um, the Divine Beasts, and it's possible they right. still reside there, I guess. Um, but in C- Age of Calamity, like, the new four show the ability to pilot those Divine Beasts. Um, so that wouldn't be an issue. So, like, if those characters are to play r- major-ish roles, it would be hard... I feel like it would be hard for them to kind of just completely ignore this Um So I think in that sense, it is very possible that this does impact the next game. Um, But I could also see them just kind of making reference to it and not really do anything about it. Uh, The other question mark is... Aster, who is the main, main villain in this one, and is implied to be... This character who was talked about in, um, I don't know if it's dialogue with the king in the beginning, or I think it, it might be in these like diary entries that you can find of the king. Um, like this fortune teller who, who foresaw the coming of the calamity. Yeah. Like it's uh, kind of implied that it's Aster, and as I, I learned this today, that the the Japanese like the kanji that are used to spell the names like they're exactly the same. Um so there is a definite connection. But he doesn't oh, okay. Like he he he's outside of a reference he's nowhere to be seen in Breath of the Wild. And again this was like this takes place a hundred years prior prior I don't know why I said prior like that. <laughs> this takes place a hundred so it's even it's pres he's presumably like not alive in in the next one. So he's the only other like kind of loose thread, I guess. Um you could ask where's Terrico, but of course he traveled back in time from the regular Breath of the Wild into Age of Calamity, and then he was destroyed and rebuilt. So that's where he is. Um So I don't know. I don't it's interesting because like they talked about how closely AJ Onuma was working with this with the team to make the story in this so it doesn't like logically it doesn't seem like he would put in that effort if it was not an important part of the story that he wanted to tell and so you could make the case that because of that and because of it having the, the guardian like the, the champions go back into the main Timeline that, yeah, something there should be something in this game should affect the next one, but also I, 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 I just don't really expect it to. Yeah, I, I think it would have... be cool, but it, I think it's unlikely.
0: Yeah, I don't have enough confidence that they will do that. But, um, I, I too, I, the only way that I see it. Being part of Breath of the Wild 2, um, is if uh, it's very clearly in that Age of Calamity post happy ending, um, sort of situation. Um, because in the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, we got um, it's it's Link and Zelda like going on this sort of exploration thing and you think they might be doing that in the current state of th- where things were in Breath of the Wild, but...
1: Okay, so you're, you're positing that Breath of the Wild 2 is actually a sequel to Age of Calamity and no, 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 not no. Breath of the Wild.
0: I'm not trying to... I'm saying that it's possibly going to be set in an alternate timeline, kind of like Majora's Mask was. Um. Mm. So So, yeah, I guess I'm... It's weird because I yes, I guess what you're saying is true is that Breath of the Wild, in my situation and theory, would be a
1: sequel to Age of Calamity. Um I mean that would that would be a bold choice. That would it also would also be. be incredibly bizarre. Yeah. Um but I guess they could make that work. Um, it, it could be maybe, weirder. It
0: could be a maybe... weird sequel to Cadence of Hyrule. So <laughs>
1: Maybe both sets of Link's and Zelda's go on the exact same uh expedition into whatever these caverns are and then they connect. Mm. I don't know. Like again, I don't I don't kind of I don't really expect it to play a major role. I think there if anything there will be references to um the deeds of the new champions in this game. Um Yeah. But yeah, outside of that, I don't really expect to see much of this game. But it is it's also weird because this like I knew was working on this game concurrent with working on Breath of the Wild too. So Yeah, um, maybe I'm right. We'll see.
0: We'll yeah. know by middle of next year, because yep. I'm assuming that's when, when this thing's <laughs> coming out.
1: Um, that's uh, when all
0: the leakers are pointing to. Like um we'll see. Maybe I'm, it'll be the trailer I'm thinking,
1: at, I'm thinking holiday twenty twenty one.
0: Every all the people all the all the weird people i see on twitter are saying that it's going to be around the time of the either fall or the time of when the the pro comes out if the pro comes out early next year so maybe we'll get a trailer tomorrow sense. at game awards i
1: that'd doubt be, it that'd be neat yeah i also doubt it but but I that's mean, breath
0: of the, the breath of, that's yeah, where we that, saw that, first breath of the wild that, gameplay
1: yeah. so there's potential there uh, All right. yeah. So anyway, David, final verdict on Age of Calamity before we go to break.
0: Uh, I think it's suplex certified. I really think it's good um, despite that last chapter really trying to make me not like it. Um, and really, it's only like one or two missions in the game that made me really mad. Um, but the, the game even though I wish it had happened sooner, really delivers on the promise of giving me a muso style game along with a Breath of the Wild experience, um, even though I had to wait a couple chapters to get to it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to play it to the extent that you have, Seth. Um, in fact, I know I'm not. But I, I did <laughs> I just, enjoy... I just won that scarf, baby. Yeah, I did enjoy my time with it, and... I do think people should play it cuz I I think it is beatable. You have to do some grinding. Um but I do think it's beatable in like 15-20 hours if you just play the story stuff. So um you are losing out on some stuff but you know it's enjoyable and and it doesn't require a ton of grinding or, you know, boring stuff that you don't want to do. Um Seth, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it's very good. Certainly, Suplex certified. I think this uh, the game presents a cool, like, interesting combination of the mechanics of the the two seemingly disparate uh, games. Um, I think it's cool the way they they made um, systems from Breath of the Wild work in this game. Um, it's it's a very fun time if if you're a fan of 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 this genre, and if you're not, honestly, like it. The I think the game has more depth than you would expect it to have um and it's yeah it's it's never not fun to just fly around spinning with the sword destroying tons of dumb monsters um and certainly there are frustrations to be had I think a lot of it if you are forcing yourself to finish missions on a deadline like you're going to experience this game in maybe the worst possible way um because they will kind of it, it, it will sort of kind of feel like the missions never end. Um, but like I think th- there's a lot of fun to be had here, and it's, it's a, a lot of time to, that for you to be able to put in if you want to. Um, so for me, definitely Suplex certified.
0: Awesome. And with that, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Hopefully, during the break, you are going on all social media and looking us up at Suplex the Sticks on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, We have a YouTube. We don't post to it. We have a Twitch. We don't stream on it yet. Um, But yeah, we're there on all those things. Um, And you're using those to talk to us and share the episodes. And on all of the social media and in the show notes, where links to our social media is, uh, there's also a link to our Discord where you can talk to us about video games and all kinds of nonsense um we're sharing a bunch of great cyberpunk glitches in there um we are not going to be playing that game as a podcast we've kind of decided um but i do want to note if you are choosing to play that game and you're listening to this and you are sensitive to uh um epileptic like if you if you have epilepsy or you're sensitive to flashing lights please be careful playing it i I think they patched in a thing, but um, I believe Game Informer, or I can't remember the publication, but um, one of the journalists, she ended up having a seizure because she played it, which is wild. Um, So, you know, just be careful playing games out there.
1: Um, That's an insane thing. Apparently, Um, the things that cause the seizure are very similar to what they use to intentionally cause seizures in patients. Wow. Uh, just hmm. like the the patterns of lights and yeah, so it's very weird, but as and especially how they wouldn't think to then have a warning. Uh right. but now they do. So if now you have do. if if you've installed the day 1 patch and the day 1.5 patch, uh you'll probably see it.
0: Um And so that's all the time we're getting into cyberpunk um, because we're going to talk about Fortnite, baby. And uh, that's because Kratos is in Fortnite. That's right. The daddy himself, Kratos, is here with Mimir on his back and his Leviathan Axe um, available to be played on your Nintendo Switch or Xbox
2: as well as your PlayStation Fortnite is the next gaming crossover giant.
0: Where it's ready, play one. It already one. has been. Yeah, honestly. Um, so the there's also a leak out there. That was a leak from GameStop, and uh, someone put out marketing material early. Um, that there's going to be a Master Chief skin. In Fortnite. And this all is leaning up to Game Awards, which would make sense. Um. So, Seth and Forrest, I must ask you now. Are we going to get Link with a gun? (laughs) Or who's getting a gun? Who's getting getting a gun at
1: Nintendo? It is going to be... Who do you think I'm going to say? Am I going to say Waluigi? Is it going to be Isaac? Is it Isaac? Isaac's getting a gun? (laughs) No, 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 no. It's it's kind of... Like, I... We talked about this, I think, privately, or maybe in the Discord, of no, what would actually totally work.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Um, and, like, the conclusion we came to, like, Samus certainly makes sense, but she also doesn't hold guns. Her arm is a gun. Link, his body matches up. Um, <laughs> like, he's got a human body, basically. <laughs> there are very few... Nintendo characters who just have regular human bodies. And he
0: and he has a sword, so that could be used as the pickaxe. Give true. Mario
1: a gun. Give no
0: Mario <laughs> does Kirby have the proportions. in Fortnite.
2: For
1: Kirby. <laughs> Ma- Mario has had a gun. He he shot evil rabbits with it. Um, oh you're right. You're right. Um so it's not out of the realm of possibility for Mario <laughs> to have a gun. I
0: forgot that we've already given Mario a gun.
1: Yeah. He he's had his fun he's had his gun fun. <laughs> and and that I guess that sort of also rules out all the other Mario characters and Donkey Kong. Um but Waluigi would be the other one who kind of yeah. fit proportionally, but I think we're missing the obvious choice. Also, I just thought maybe Star Fox would work. Um the obvious choice here is Captain
2: Falcon. <laughs> Yo, I wish. That would be dope. Put put cap in literally anything, and I'm there. That's I think really he's cool. He's more exposed than just think... Smash Bros. His his
1: I think his aesthetic would work in Fortnite. Yo, um, I think him like he is he's like a like a he's like a bounty hunter within the lore of F Zero. Yeah. So which, it, it would make sense is... for him to have a gun. I think his character actually has like a gun holster on his. Pants, and this um, season
0: does. this Fortnite season is about bounty hunting like you get yeah. mandalorian in the mandalorian himself so in the season pass
2: yeah so if they don't go with samus which is nintendo's most well-known bounty hunter captain falcon that's that's my pick that's who yeah, I, want. I think that makes I think, sense I, don't, I think it'd be great i, I don't that. really know what his pickaxe would be
1: It It would be a flaming fist. Yeah, I think they would just punching stuff. So,
0: (laughs) so storm Storm's pickaxe in the Marvel season was a lightning fist. It was essentially just her using lightning to harvest. Yeah. So that's that's been done before. Um, So, yeah, I didn't even think of Captain Falcon. Oh, and he'd yell like Falcon punch and stuff. I got it. I have to tell y'all about my Fortnite experience the other night cuz it was so stupid and it scared the devil out of me. <laughs> so, Seth, you don't watch the Mandalorian. Good, you exercised. Um, and, but you watch Mandalorian Forest. And so I guess um I guess if the Mandalorian character is around you at some point or something, it'll just start playing the theme music. <laughs> like no, Seth, the theme music to this show like Comes in really lightly and then builds really heavy, and so like I'm like, what's, what's happening? And all of a sudden it like got real loud, and I'm like, what, what? <laughs> like it was like, yeah, it was like breaking me. And the, yeah, it was great. It was a great moment. That's funny. Um, ready Player One, basically. <laughs> uh, hopefully, with a lot less of the problematic mess. Um, so I can't wait to. There's a there's a bounty hunter that I just unlocked in this season called Man Cake. It's a <laughs> pancake bounty hunter. His face is a stack of pancakes. It's so mm. stupid, but I love
1: it. His name is He's, Man Cake. He sounds like Powder Toast Man.
0: <laughs> it is similar to Powder Toast
1: Man. Yeah. Also, he um, sounds like Man Beast. <laughs> Man Beast.
0: So Hunter yeah. of Elk. I bought Kratos. He's got Mimir. Um he uh Right now I have Mandalorian using the Leviathan X, um, so that's kind of neat. Um, so, yeah, we're well, getting Master Chief. I don't know what Master Chief's Harvester would be.
1: Um, gravity Hammer? Oh. Yeah, I could see it being Gravity Hammer. Or the, or, no, <laughs> the Energy Sword. It
0: would be the Energy Sword, probably. Or the
1: Gravity Hammer.
0: Either way. Yeah. It works. Those work. Um, Man, that's cool. I'm. That makes me excited. A <laughs> You're welcome. Bit. I'm ready to spend <laughs> forty more dollars on skins. Whatever. Jesus. Um, yeah, skins aren't cheap. No. Um, especially with ones that come with backpack and harvester. Yeah. Um, uh, Kratos was twenty bucks, or fifteen, but you can only buy it in increments of ten to twenty. So it was. I had to spend the twenty, just fine. It's whatever. Um it's worth it it the only thing is he doesn't speak you're lining Er, pockets here fella yeah that's all i'll say (laughs) um okay so because you're the person on the podcast that's going to care most about this um what's happening at bioware
2: recently recently Um, Recently. so are you talking to me no 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 No. you don't care about you don't care about bioware um so uh general manager Casey Hudson as well as the Dragon Age executive producer Mark Dara have both left BioWare um this is the second time that Casey Hudson has done that i think the last time was back in 2014 and then 3 years later leading up to the release of Mass Effect Andromeda he came back and helped do some course correction on that um but uh they have both left the company now um Mark Dara was with the company for 23 years Casey for 20. Like, these are two two people that have effectively shaped Bioware into what it is. For some people, that's for better or for worse, um, depending on what era of Bioware you loved. But these guys did have a hand in all of those things. Um, but they did have, like, just a quick, like, little closing, like, message for them leaving. Just that the future of Dragon Age and Mass and, like, whatever next Mass Effect game, like, they're apparently in good hands, uh, I think that's still, that still remains to be seen, but I, it's cool kind of knowing that they think they left the company in a good state, because I think it's definitely, it's looking towards becoming better now than it was to, like, over the past few years, you know, um, so yeah, just some two pretty, pretty important guys leaving like usual. Bioware's had a lot of. <laughs> has had that happen a lot uh, this last, I would say, five years.
0: Apparently, they're showing some of Dragon Age, possibly. I think I saw they said they're going to show some of it at the Game Awards. Cool. Um, but they've only shown, like, art before, so yeah. we'll see.
2: And, what... like, barely in engine footage, yeah. maybe. So we'll see. Footage. Um, but, yeah, so there's that. Uh, Seth, I'm going to put this next one over to you, because. It's more your alley than mine. The the Persona game, Sith.
1: Oh. Yeah. I mean, you can't just say I'm going to put sorry. this over to you and then not actually tell me what you're giving to me. Listen, um, awesome brother, you got to read my mind. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> a mind reader. Uh, I am a mentalist, though. Um, they're different. Um, yeah, so... Finally, the long-awaited U.S. release date for Persona 5 uh, Scramble, the Phantom Strikers, has been revealed. Uh, It is actually, in in the U.S., will be titled Persona 5 Strikers.
2: Not related to Super Mario Strikers.
1: No, also a worse name. uh, Very clearly a worse name. It is coming uh, in February... uh, yeah, Fe- and it's, February twenty third. Yep, um, that's not too far away for PS4 and Switch, and also surprise, it's going to be on Steam. Yeah, this they is Atlas's oh, I second that. Steam release. Yeah,
0: wow they 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 loved the release on uh, for for Persona Four Golden. Wow, yeah, I um, mean
1: it was like a huge hit
0: now i want to note that i'm glad that this is happening i'm glad that another muso game is entering my life um only because now i have a deadline to force myself (laughs) to play and beat persona 5 (laughs) royal instead of doing it slowly the way i have been that's fair Um, yeah so now i have like i have something breathing down my neck that i need to beat it before i play something else um because this is a direct sequel so
1: yes um we should also say uh that this was this was actually leaked um this release date by atlas themselves <laughs> they accidentally posted the trailer like a few days ago yeah um like some sometime last week and it it seems like what we know now um tomorrow at the game awards the uh the this the vocalist who does all of the, the tracks in Persona 5 is um, going to be performing. Um, it seems like this was planned to have been announced at the Game Awards, and then someone just, like, <laughs> released the trailer Ac- on accident. Yep.
0: Accidentally scheduled a tweet for the wrong time. Um, Accidentally.
1: Yep. And they played um, it off uh, as well as they could. They put put out the tweet that said, like, that they um Stuff had been hijacked by the phantom thieves um <laughs> but yeah this this would have been a cool i mean this would have been a a super hype announcement for tomorrow uh I bet they still show the trailer tomorrow um, yeah of course for sure yeah so i'm I'm excited uh stuff I've, apparently this game also is very good um and it has like some of the craziest mechanics that a Muso game has had uh that's uh, yeah. exciting. So I'm I'm excited to to play this game. I'm glad it's finally coming out over here. And I'm also excited to see like what chronologically this came out before um Breath of uh, Age of Calamity. And some of the same people worked on it. So I'm 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 excited to see like what stuff actually came from this game that ended up in Age of Calamity. Hmm. Very good. I'm very excited. And I'm uh...
0: I'm not going to talk about it on the show, but I'm <laughs> going to keep playing Persona, and I'm going to love it. Um, so, uh, real quick bullet points. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game, got a release date, uh, January 14th, 2021. Um, so it's still kind of hitting that holiday window. Um, the main reason I'm bringing it up is because I rewatched the movie. That movie is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just excited to play the game again uh, with my wife because she loves scott pilgrim um so we're gonna play through it and it's gonna be real fun
2: um oh to play co-op up games
0: yeah good it's, times it's the best times yes um so also real quick notes there was a ps5 trailer that came out this past week and it's it didn't have anything new of note um, except for the fact that we got a better view into some of the console exclusivity stuff. Um, so Project Athia, which is the game that some people are theorizing that is the Final Fantasy 15 sequel, I guess, or whatever, I don't know. Somehow um, related to yeah. FF15. Right. So Project Athea is going to be a two-year console exclusive to... PS five. Um Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo are both one year exclusives to PS console exclusives. I think these all are gonna come to PC. Um and then Godfall is a six month exclusive. Um which it can just stay exclusive. I don't know if that's I don't gonna, think it's gonna yeah, sell much more. I don't think it's gonna yeah. <laughs> um we're okay. You yeah. can just hang out there. Um <laughs> Yeah, haven't seen any glowing reviews for that game. So don't care. Um does any of this surprise you, Seth, or is it <laughs> like, I mean
1: that two year exclusivity huge. for Athia is like it's, it's like I I don't know if it's weird because it's such a large number, or if it's weird that it's going to lose exclusivity at all. Like I kind of just assumed this would only be a PS five game. Yeah, that's what um, I've got too. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 I guess it's just weird to see that number.
0: It makes me wonder if the new Final Fantasy is going to be timed also, or if it's going to be a straight console exclusive.
1: Yeah. Uh, we mm. don't
0: know for sure yet, but. Um,
1: yeah. I bet it won't be.
0: Ooh, okay. Interesting. He bet. All right. We'll see. Um, the other quick news of new note is that the Prince of Persia. Sands of Time Remake got pushed back from January to March, um, which that game probably needs to be pushed back a bit further because it was really ugly. We talked about that before. Um, So that's interesting. Um, Seth, I know a little bit about this topic, but you know more, and so you would do it more justice. But tell me what's happening with this Nintendo competitive scene stuff that's going on.
1: Okay, um, so yeah, this has kind of been in the news for the last couple weeks. Uh, another sort of thing, it's 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 kind of a series of, disparately like sort of semi-connected things that it's just, um, you know, there's a there's a long history of fan kind of, um, what's what's a good word for disquiet I guess with the way that Ninten- like the the relationship with Nintendo to their fan base like it's kind of there's always a sort of a feeling that the fan base is being slighted by what Nintendo does I I have n- never really bought that but seeing some of this stuff uh it the only reason I would ever want like think to bring this up is because i I guess I've finally come to sort of empathize with, with the the the, a little bit with the people who are talking, um, about how Nintendo is terrible. Um, again, I I I, I don't really think it's that big of a deal, but I also like I completely understand why people are getting up in arms about this. So, um, did you you guys remember when that that one team released? the 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 online melee mod that used rollback yes um, slippy. Yeah, yeah slippy um, it was kind of widely praised online because everyone hates super Smash Bros uh, like the online <laughs> that is built in um, and this gave people a way to r- reliably play the game online um, without having to experience the terrible lag. Um, so, because of COVID, a lot of game tournaments have been moving to online only. And there was one that was set to happen called Big House. It's like a, a popular, um, I think this is a Smash tournament. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, yep. But so they were they were having they were holding a Smash Ultimate tournament and a Smash Melee tournament. And they advertise; they're doing this all online, and they publicly advertise that they were going to be using Sleepy. Um And Nintendo, on seeing this, kind of stepped in, and they're like, "No, you can't, you can't be using this mod to play our game online uh, without our permission." Um,
2: <laughs> and to play it online in the first place, right? Because, like, obviously, it like implies that, like, yeah,
1: you're, yeah, like you basically have to make this work by playing it on the computer. Um, And so Nintendo basically shut down Big House, like, the whole tournament. Um, And, of course, a lot of people were um, reasonably upset at this, because Big House was, like, kind of one of the big deals of of Smash Tournaments. Um, Cut to... uh, I don't know how much... I don't know when the when this tournament so uh Nintendo was holding a like a splatoon like i think it was like the North American open or something um splatoon two recently, and in a display of solidarity with their smash bros brethren like a bunch of teams decided to have their team names be like the regular team name and then something about like free smash like hashtag free smash or like other things referring to something. this yeah to this slippy controversy um, and then all of a sudden Nintendo like says that they are not going to I don't know if that they were going to compl- I think it was just at first that they were going to not broadcast the like the the semifinals and the finals of it, um, and, it and it it just it felt Like, just a little bit too uh, coincidental. You have all these teams making their name show up as directly referring to this controversy that Nintendo... Like, because of something, Nintendo shut down. And then Nintendo decides, hey, we're not going to show you, actually, these teams. Um, After that, a bunch of teams started dropping out. um, And then they ended up, I think, just canceling the championships of this Open. Um, They... Nintendo gave a reason like because of like technical issues that they weren't gonna be able to broadcast it, but it just it felt to the community a little bit too coincidental. And yeah, I can I think it's it's not unreasonable to draw a line between those two things and think, hey, yeah, this is probably what happened here. Um Right. And then the most recent thing that happened is there was a i think it i think it was like an etsy store um where someone who was selling like custom joy-con shells uh had created one that they called the eticon which was sort of uh a a tribute to uh etica um uh, forgive me i don't actually remember his his non his, his actual name but the the popular youtuber personality who uh took his own life um earlier I believe this year and so they had released a a Joy-Con shell like themed around them um, and all of the proceeds were like going to charity and it was super popular I think they had raised like $30,000 selling it um, and then Nintendo out of I, don't, I heard, it's hard to say out of nowhere because certainly they are keeping track of these things they stepped yeah. in and like basically hit them with the C&D um, or, like a copyright claim, and told them that they had to stop uh selling these and so like again, this is like after the last two things, people see this and like, oh my god, nintendo is they just they 're so far removed from their from the real world and from their their fans and and the consumers who buy their products um so yeah it 's I think the the most recent thing there's a little bit more nuance and it sounds like the things will probably the guy who was selling them was given some leeway to tweak the design and and re-release it um but yeah it is just like I I I always see a lot of hand-wringing on Twitter about how Nintendo is so out of touch and that they should be fully embracing communities who are actively making mods and and recreations of their games, which I think is a little bit silly and will never happen.
2: Um, It's silly, but at the same time, Nintendo has always made it extremely difficult to get anything of theirs, like, to either preserve any of their games or, like, like, their music or anything. Like, there's no way that you could just go to a store simply and buy any GameCube game, really. Anymore, or a Wii game, or a Wii U game, like like you can with other console publishers, you know. Like Microsoft is like one of the main ones I'm thinking of right now. Like they have a bunch of their previous console libraries available at least digitally to buy. Nintendo doesn't have that. and with, and with Series that.
1: X, you can just you can pop in any Xbox disc and basically get like a 4K remastered version of basically,
2: it. Basically, in like. Uh, Nintendo is just so far removed from the concept of of that basically that like they just are on are on a war path. It feels like uh, a lot of the times to just erase all like evidence of existence. You know, for a lot of these. I things. mean, I
1: I agree that they. It is a legitimate criticism that, and it's frankly like kind of idiotic that the way that it the way they seem to go out of their way to make it difficult for you to experience games in their library and like different media and and it's it's like it's weird um that they don't want to let people play these games um but i also i do think because it's nintendo that stuff like the the way the way you said it, like that, they're on a war path to prevent. Like, I think that stuff, that hyperbole is. It 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 seems, like it always seems to jump straight into that kind of terminology when you're, when we're talking about Nintendo, um, as if this stuff is done maliciously. Like I, I agree that I think the stuff, like one on top of the other, this stuff that is happening, it's it. And makes it's make f- frustration build, but um, I don't, I, I I just I just don't think it's it's reasonable to expect a huge company like Nintendo to not be fiercely protective of their IP because, uh, like, uh, they are one hundred percent leaving money on the table by not allowing by not making this stuff easier to access and not creating their own, like, improved versions of this stuff. Um, but they, they're not, <laughs> but just because they're not doing it doesn't mean they're go- they're ever going to let someone else do it and profit off of it. And even if they're not profiting uh, off it, I like, I do think the stuff where they're worried about the integrity of their IP, like, that stuff's dumb, but um, I don't think there's any world where they're never going to not do that, just because it doesn't really make sense to them um yeah it's i see it from both sides like i agree nintendo needs to come into the the real world and stop living in the years that they were founded in but like they're an old company driven by old decision makers and i think it's it it's going to be a while before we see any kind of meaningful shift away from um, what they're doing now uh, for better and worse. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm with you.
1: I mean, I wish they, I wish they were better about this stuff, but at at some point, I guess to me, it's, 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 there's, there's no use like getting upset over it because nothing i don't think it's possible to create a great enough collective action to actually um af- affect this giant company in this other country um
0: yeah
1: and yeah. but it and, and it's just annoying that on on the flip side of that that they're like super attentive to all this other stuff that's happening and are so quick on the trigger to shut stuff down like i it's annoying um but I just, it's just kind of who Nintendo is. And if you want to do stuff, you have to do that stuff in secret, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, Nintendo is going to Nintendo. Mm. Um, so let's, let's talk about my favorite piece of news from the past week came out the other day. Um, and that was, there was a, a really long and detailed Halo Infinite blog post um, that was bookended by statements from Joseph Statton um, who we excitedly at the end of one podcast like a couple months ago uh, we got the news through on Twitter that he had been hired and we all were like oh man and it was kind of a giddy moment Um, and so basically what it comes down to is that the game is coming out in fall of 2021
2: which would line up with Halo Which would line One's up with 20th, the anniversary. 20th anniversary.
0: Um, yeah. And essentially, what's happening is um, it seems like, really, uh, Seth, did you read this article? No. Okay, so I think you should, because uh, it's very interesting to get into the mindset of some of these developers. Um, because is it reading. anything
1: like getting into the mindset of a Greg Jennings? No, no.
0: <laughs> Although that is, that is something that's been revitalized on the internet for some reason this past week. Um, that video is a goat. Um, so straight up, uh, it seems like they did, they they internally they knew this game wasn't coming out in November. Um, and basically it seems like Joseph Stet and all of them intimated that maybe showing off the game was a bad idea uh, in that state, which it was, um, because it was missing a lot of the stuff that they've since added, including, like, it was missing facial mapping, Seth, which is why the Craig the Monkey meme happened, because the Brutes, um, I guess if you pay attention in that gameplay, never change facial expression, and that's because they hadn't implemented that yet in that build um not great so it's it's very interesting to see them describe a lot of what happened and why stuff was awry um and then there's a there's a great part of it where joseph staten said uh um i joined 343 I'm direct quoting. I copied and pasted. Um, I joined 343 right as the team was wrestling with feedback from the July campaign demo. This discussion boiled down to one fundamental truth. We need more time to do things right. That included pushing hard in the fall, giving the team time to recharge over the holidays, and then coming back in January to finish the game at a healthy pace. Um, I'm interested to see if they are going to keep to the the promise of a healthy pace instead of a crunch pace, which I'm imagining is going to happen in some capacity, sadly. Um, we'll see. Uh luckily, you know, there's I mean, people they're
1: definitely doing it already.
0: Yeah. Um especially if a company goes out of their way to say something as bold as like a recharge over the holidays and a healthy pace. Um some of the journalists out there are going to do a little more digging to see if they actually hold up to the bargain of saying those words. Yeah. Um, so we'll know if they're actually doing it. Um, <laughs> CD Project Red. Um, <laughs> saying you won't crunch and then doing a death march maybe, for a maybe. year. Um, so what I'm interested in is the fact that Joseph Staten has said he's played the campaign multiple times and that the bones are good. That's basically what he said. He says it's good. It just needs to be polished more. Um, Which, I mean, gives me a little hope. He's like the one of the head people that made Halo good. Yeah. And so if he is saying this, I know he works for them. um, And he kind of has to say it's good. Um, But they obviously brought him on for a reason. So it it made me have a little bit of hope that Halo can be good again. And the the screens, all of the screens are very pretty. Yeah. Uh they showed some screens from a multiplayer map and they showed some of the redesigned weapons and Spartan armors. And the Spartan armors look way better than they did in Halo 4 and 5 cuz they actually look like Spartan armor instead of robots that don't resemble anything like a Spartan armor. Um So it's, it's, it was a good little article, Seth. Uh, It wasn't little, it was long, but it was, it was full of information and they kind of uh, intimated that there's going to be more info dumps like this um, until the release in fall 2021. So uh, positivity and hope with Halo. Yep. Maybe we'll get it and it'll be good. Do Maybe. you think Halo or Breath of the Wild Two is coming out first?
2: Hmm, that's a good question. When was the last hmm. time we had an update on Breath of the Wild? We'll today? end
0: the podcast on this question.
1: Um, if we see Breath of the Wild tomorrow, I will say that it probably comes first. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I think it's more likely that Halo, in whatever form it is, comes out.
0: Hmm, okay,
1: ah oh, man, actually, I don't know <laughs> hey. I, like I know that Breath of the wild is going to breath of the wild Two is going to come out mm-hmm, yeah i as I've said before, I am not confident that this game will actually release because I don't think they would release a bad halo game uh, it done it
2: right, but not <laughs> not now. Infinite has all the chips, you know, I don't on the know. Table. I, I,
1: can't, I can't make this decision today. All right. all uh, right. I don't have enough information.
0: All right. My gut tells me we're getting Breath of the Wild 2 first, uh, beginning to middle of next year. Um, but,
2: all right. I would, no I, no, I wouldn't. I would say if we get Breath of the Wild 2 first, it's going to be either, like, late summer or early fall. All right.
0: There we go. We'll see what happens tomorrow. There will be a special channel created in the Discord to contain the Game Awards chat because we tend to get off topic (laughs) and I yell at people to be in the right chats. Um, So I'll make a chat for the Game Awards that will exist for that day and a couple days after. um, And uh, come talk to us during them tomorrow at 7 p.m. Uh, And if you're listening to this, um, it's too late possibly so <laughs> all right with that we appreciate you long. listening it's a little ominous and, <laughs> um you know the chef kaylee's gonna kill us for being contradictory to how his <laughs> award show goes no matter what so um so we appreciate you listening and as always share the episode with your friend um and let people know about the show and rate us because that helps out a lot um, and with that we will talk to you next week
1: Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya.